if you want to open to James 1, we're going to be there. And we're also going to be in 1 Samuel 10. And I will be shorter today. I'm, I was sitting here editing and figuring out what we can do. I don't want to, um, I don't want to shorten the, uh, the word, but I want to shorten how I speak the word today, right? So we may do this over the next couple of weeks, but I know it's a word for today. So we'll be in James 1, 1 Samuel 10. But I want to say it was really cool. I don't know if you were, if you were here last week, if you, um, if you noticed these, the, the young people that were here. Um, they were from a community Bible church here in Irving. And they are in the middle of a Sunday school where they're studying church history. And so the first Sunday of the month, they go and visit a church around and see how we all worship differently. And we were one of the churches, they, that was cool to me. That God brought them here, they got to experience, the, they did, They every one of them, after talking with them, they were glowing, that they experienced the presence of God, and that God spoke to their heart, and it was really cool, and the encouragement, as a matter of fact, even when the lady that was with them, uh, she, she even donated to the Adventure Fund, she wanted to sew into Paul and Felice's uh, adventure that we're, you may not even know, we've got boxes up now called Adventure Fund, that we're giving towards your vacation for Christmas next year at Disney. And they even donated to that. And, and their kids were so hungry, and the, the Lord spoke to them, and they heard about the good father. And so um, I love that God trusted us. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So anyway, so bless Community Bible Church. We've been praying for them all week, Michael and the, the kids. Amen. Uh, we got a lot of cool things coming up. Um, I, you know, every week I have to be really careful not to just spill all the beans. <laughs> like I just get excited and want to say everything going on, but there's really good stuff going on, and um, we're gonna have a meeting right after service next week. It's a we've already <clears throat> we've already passed. Uh, we already said yes to taking out a loan to 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 fix our ACs. There's three of them we need to redo. Um, complete units, and so um, you guys have already said yes. Let's do that. But there's some other things we just started looking at how much the loan was going to cost us, and we we're like, man, that's really doable. It's really affordable. Maybe we fix everything we need to fix. I don't know. So in, in next Sunday, I'm going to present to you options. You can say yes to all. You can say yes to just the HVACs being replaced. I'm fine with that. But maybe. Maybe we fix our whole kids' facility and our nursery and our coffee shop and everything that needs to be fixed here, and and we change this room. We're gonna we are gonna do this. The stage will soon be over there, and we're gonna flip this room around and change the way it feels and the way it flows and functions. Amber had this idea, and she's like, she wouldn't say anything for like three months, right? And oh, Mark said no, it's not. And so we were in here a week or so ago, and he's like, Amber had a not-so-bad idea. And normally when someone brings you an idea, and they're like, I don't, this isn't a horrible idea. You don't really jump at it. And he says, she thought about moving the stage over here. And I went, and I started looking. I was like, dude, that has to happen. Because this room bottlenecks. It, it, we don't use the space well the way it's like this. So we can feel like 100 more chairs in here that way, like completely flipping this around. It'll feel better. And I was like, we got to make that happen. So I started dreaming. I was like, well, if we're going to do that, let's finish our kids' facility. We want families to come in here with their kids. Let's fix them a great kids' facility because down the street's got a great one, and over there's got a great one, and over there, hey. So anyway, 
Landscaping, man, let's update our landscape. So I put a plan together and we'll show it all next Sunday so you can look at it. So literally five to 10 minute meeting. It'll be very simple. Phase one, two, three, four. Which ones do you want to do? Vote and we leave and we move on. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yeah, we will be announcing very soon. We've, we're putting together our elder team. Um, we've got some other leadership stuff that we're going to be announcing soon. So God's doing good stuff, not just in, in family, but in the church. There's, there's something going on. And I'm excited about it, and I'm glad I get to be part of it. I don't want to be left out. How many here feel the same way? I don't want to be left out. I want to be in the middle of everything God's doing. And so, so Father, we just love you, and we are honored that you've called us to bear your name, to represent you on the earth, and God, to, to lead people to you, and to be a voice in a wilderness, saying, this is the way, walk in it. Lord, we feel that call on this house, and we feel honored for that. So God, we just ask you to continue to, to fulfill the process and fu uh, fulfill the calling that's on every life here. I pray today that there will be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that it would pierce our heart, and that it would activate us, God, that it will awaken us, Lord, that it, will, that it will pour courage into us. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would pour courage into us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, let's read James chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. All right, James chapter 1. <coughs> James 1, verse 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad, greetings. And he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, not the best way to start a letter, huh? <laughs> hey, guys, you're facing crazy trials. Well, there's going to be more, and when it happens, be happy about it. All right, I'm going to take that letter and throw it in the trash. <laughs> now, he says, no, count it all joy when you face various trials. Another translation, it says diverse. How many of you can say in your life that you have faced diverse and various trials? Wouldn't it be great if, like, you only face a certain kind of trial and you, like, really got your master's degree in that trial? Like, man, I can handle that one. But that's not how this works. That's not how the enemy operates. That's not how uh, life is. It's diverse. It's various trials. And when you think that you're, you're going well, then there's a different trial that you haven't even, man, I hadn't had a trial like that. I haven't had a temper in 10 years. Where'd this temper come from, right? And you go through trials, different, diverse, diverse trials. He said, hey, when you go through those, be happy. Don't be disappointed. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Everyone say this with me. Don't feel, Don't feel inadequate. inadequate. Say it again. Don't feel inadequate. Don't feel inadequate. Hmm. The reason, he says, to be joyful is the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, come on. <laughs> The things that we're going through, these, another uh, letter Paul wrote says, these, these light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs the pain of all of them. Amen. So knowing that these trials, these various things you keep coming up against, Hank and Ashley, these various trials you've hit the last month of your life, like this is testing your patience, but know this. You will have patience when this is over. <laughs> 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 
And when your patience is perfected, you will be complete and mature, not lacking anything. Come on. Did you know that Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered? That's a Bible verse. Like, no, Jesus was just born with obedience. He learned, the Bible says, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. The various trials, the various and diverse things that he experienced and encountered built within him a patience and a resistance that made him complete and mature where he didn't lack anything. His patience became perfected. Everyone say amen to that. And then he gives you some hope. He's like, if you feel inadequate, everyone say, don't feel inadequate. This, this is the word for today. Don't feel inadequate. If you feel inadequate and you feel like you lack wisdom, just ask God. Just ask him. He gives to everyone liberally without reproach, and he will give it to you. Just ask him. But when you ask, ask in faith. Don't doubt that he'll give it to you. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, because he is double-minded and he's unstable in all of his ways. So we've been on this asking God stuff, right? When we ask him for wisdom to, to handle the diverse and various trials that we face, we should ask him with confidence that he's going to give us the thing we ask for, And if I ask with doubt, then I'm being tossed and I'm believing the winds and the waves more than I'm believing his voice. And he's saying, don't be like that because you're double-minded. One minute you have the right mind, the next minute you have a different mind. He says, like, no, have a single mind, have a single focus and trust the Lord. He's doing something inside of you. Over the last couple of years, these, these feelings of being overwhelmed have risen up inside of me. Like, oh my goodness, how can we do all the things you've called us to do? And, you know, various trials and diverse things that you're like, man, I feel inadequate and ill-equipped for this. Well, I want you to know that he gets you ready. Yeah, I love Paul Manwaring. If you don't know who he is, he was, he was at Bethel and he was head of their global legacy ministry for a while. And he's now back doing evangelism work in, uh, in England. But he was at Bethel for a while and he says, God wastes nothing. He gets you ready. He wastes nothing. He uses everything that we experience and encounter in life to equip us for every good work. Come on. You are not alone. You are not ill-equipped. You are not inadequate. The things that you're facing right now, these various and diverse things that you're like, man, I'm, I don't have the gift for that thing. Yes, you do. Yeah, come on. You do. And I wanted to encourage you today. I wanted to take just a few moments and encourage you and tell you you're not inadequate. You can fulfill everything that God says that you're going to fulfill. You plus God equals what? The majority. Don't ever forget it. You plus God equals a majority. You are never alone. Never alone. Are y'all okay? In 2 Timothy 3, it says this, 3 verse 14, 2 Timothy 3 verse 14. You, however, continue in the things that you have learned. Here's the key. Continue in the things that you have learned 
Remember um, about a year or so ago, we talked about the key to progress, the key to growth in the kingdom is to just do the next right thing, to just do the next obedient thing. Don't worry about everything else. Don't worry about the big picture. Just do the next right thing. And over time, as you do that, you take step after step. The steps of a righteous person are ordered by God. Then you will look back and be like, man, how did I get here? Because every day you made the next right step. This is what he's telling them in 2 Timothy. Hey, do the things that you have learned. Put them into practice. One step after another after another. And then become convinced, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus alone. You guys still with me? All Scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then it finishes with this. So that the person of God, instead of man of God, the person of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Everyone say, I'm not inadequate. First Samuel 10, let's go there. First Samuel 10, verse 1. This is when Samuel is anointing Saul as king. So Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Wow. And the prophet comes to your house, anoints you with oil, and says, God has anointed you as, as the commander of his inheritance. Man, talk about the weight of the world. Talk about feeling inadequate. Whoa, how am I supposed to lead these people? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you uh, went to look for have been found, and now your father has stopped worrying about the donkeys and is worried about you. Right? His father sent him out because his donkeys were missing all the stuff. Read the story. It's awesome. And he's going he's gonna to say, what should I do about my son now? Then you shall go forward from there and come to a terebinth tree of Tabor. There three men, listen to the detail. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. One of them will be carrying three young goats. Another will be carrying three loaves of bread. And another will be carrying a skin of wine. How detailed is God? I want to tell you right now, God wants to tell you your future before you get there. Yeah. Don't feel inadequate. Lean into what he's saying. He will tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Amos says he does not do anything on the earth without first revealing it to his friends the prophets. So come on, and we're all called to be prophets. Come on. He says, they will greet you. This happens so often through the Bible where a prophet told them exactly what's going to happen. They will greet you, and they will give you two of the three loaves, and you shall receive it from their hand. And then you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is, and it will happen when you have come there to the city, you will meet a group of prophets who are coming down from the high place with stringed instruments, with tambourines, with flutes, with harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Get the picture, right? 
And then he tells them what's going to happen when, this, when, when he sees this. This is what will happen. Verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with him, and you will be turned into another man. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a word for me. I want the Spirit of the Lord to come upon me, and I want to be turned into another man. The inadequacies that I feel, the things that I feel like I can't do, will, will disappear whenever his Spirit comes upon me. I will be turned into someone else. Come on. And let it be, listen to this. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, verse 7. And let it be that when these signs come to you, when all these things I just told you happen, happen, do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. I want you to remember that. Do whatever the occasion demands, because God is with you. And so then it goes on, and everything that the prophet said would happen, happened. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul, and he began to prophesy with the company of prophets. And he felt the weight and the presence of God come upon him, where he now was able to lead the inheritance God gave him, because he was a man who was changed into a different man. What's the point? Going forward... We're taking new ground. We're taking new territory. You and your families are taking new territory. You're expanding. You're getting promotions. You're opening new businesses. You're opening new territory. Uh, you're becoming aware of things you weren't aware of before. And that, that can be like, man, all this information is coming at you, and you can feel overwhelmed. The word of the Lord for you today is when you see these things happen, when God begins to bless you on the right and on the left, and as you begin to enter into a new territory, when you see these things happen, his spirit is going to come upon you, and he's going to turn you into someone you never have been before. And then whenever you are in any situation, you will know what to do for the situation. And whatever the situation requires, you do whatever it requires. If it requires saving, God will give you the ability to save money for that dream. We will do whatever the occasion requires. If it means to heal the sick and you're like, I've never prayed for someone to be healed before, do whatever the occasion requires. Heal the sick. If it means prophesy over your coworker who just lost their spouse, and you're like, I, I, I'm good with loving and comforting, saying, I'm sorry for you, but I'm not good at giving a word, give a word of the Lord for them of comfort. Do whatever the occasion requires. This is what Jesus did. People had faith, and their faith would cry out to Jesus, and whatever they needed, Jesus would meet their need, because whatever the occasion required, he was equipped for. You are equipped the same way Jesus was equipped. There is not one thing you face in life right now that you will fail in. Yeah. I don't, that felt like you didn't believe that when I said it. <laughs> you will not fail. You will not fail. You obey the voice of the Lord, you cannot fail. And if you're like, well, I've failed so far, that's not failure because you're still alive, right? It's not over. I, lo I loved, you didn't fail, you just learned a way that it doesn't work. So do it different way. We're all learning here. We will be graded when we stand before him, but until then, we're learning. We're not failing. And we are equipped to do everything he called us to do. I, I joked around, and I've said this to quite a few people, but whenever I went to Bible school, they did not teach me how to be a pastor even though that's why I went there. 
I literally went there for pastoral studies. That was my degree. That was what I was going for. They taught me how to preach sermons. They taught me how to study the Bible. They taught me a few other things of theology and stuff, right? But they didn't teach me, they didn't give me a law degree and tell me, hey, when you pastor, you better know the laws or you'll get in trouble. They didn't teach me tax code because, man, the tax code is crazy. And if you don't understand tax code and you're a pastor, you're going to get in trouble. They didn't give me a counseling degree because, man, that's a big part of pastoring is counseling. I didn't get a counseling degree. So you go and you become a pastor and you're like, whoa, I got to wear all these different hats. And I don't have, I didn't go to school for that. Yet he has equipped me. He has equipped you with everything you need to do what he's called you to do. You are equipped. You will not fail. You are not inadequate. But he has made you adequate. Come on. So whatever you face in life, you're like, well, this is going to be a tough season. All right, let's put our big boy pants on and do whatever the season requires. Well, we've got to save. Okay, let's save. Well, we've got to spend and give away. We're in a season of giving stuff away. Well, the give away. You can do it. I, I, don't, I don't know what to give. Give what you have. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to add to my family. I don't, you know, I felt that way too. I, man, I know how to love two boys. I don't know how to love a third kid, especially at this age. Like, what, what's going on? What am I doing here? It's okay. We'll figure it out. All the rules that I had with the first two went out the window. This was mom and daddy's room. This is mom and daddy's bed. You ain't coming in mom and daddy's bed, right? Oh, shoot. Levi sleeps next to me every night, right next to us. <laughs> Right, basically on top of me. <laughs> All the rules. Because I, I'm, I am equipped for this child. <laughs> the seasons change. And I, I'm saying this because I loved hearing the testimonies. And I know everyone could have given multiple testimonies today of what God's doing. And the testimony is just, it's our inheritance. Like the things God's doing for us, like he said to Saul, God's entrusting you with his inheritance. That's what a testimony is. You are now becoming responsible for something God wanted to give you. And there's a weight that comes with that, and we should feel the weight of that. You guys still okay? We should feel like, you're right, I, I cannot do this on my own. I need the Lord. But we are equipped and we have access to wisdom for every situation in life. So I, I, I say this today, and I, I, got, I got into this day specifically because of the testimonies that we're hearing, but it, that also sounds to me, and it, it's an alarm to me saying, a good alarm, that the future is expansion. The future is growth. The future is new territory. Matt, you're equipped. You got it. You started a new business this year. That's a hard thing for anyone to do. And then they're in a creative business with a lot of competition. But you're equipped for this. And, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you guys are going to do whatever their occasion requires. You're not going to feel like, oh, we can't do this. No, you're, just, you're going to have the supernatural ability to do it. I just know it because God called you. You're his son. I, I, I see that, that your, your family has changed. God's going to help you. He's going to equip you to do whatever the occasion requires. Well, we, this, is a new, this is a new thing for us. This is new finances. This is new, um, new scheduling, all the stuff that comes with it. You're okay. God's going to equip you. You're going to be all right. Seasons of life change, different seasons. You're equipped for this. 
It's okay. Kyle, this next year, God's going to do some amazing things for you. He's already told me specific things for you this next year. I have dates in my head. I have pictures in my head. I'm telling you, I've, I, haven't, I haven't even told you the dates or what I feel. But I'm telling you, this next year, God's going to bless you even more than you could imagine. And you're equipped for it. You're equipped for it. Come on. So do whatever the occasion requires. You got a, you got a job, Chris. You're, you got this. Good for you. So now do what the, do the equation requires. You're a son of God. You're a new person. He's turned you into a new person. You're not the guy you used to be. He's turned you into another man. Right? Come on. Same with you guys. Same with you guys. You, whatever the occasion requires, God has equipped you for it. And this next year is going to be exponential. I'm telling you. You better be ready for this, what's happening. I don't believe it's just the calendar changes. It means, oh, everything is going to be great. You know how it is. But I feel something right now. It's already been going. It's like a wave that's been building. And it's going to happen very quickly. The blessing of the Lord is going to overtake us. It is. And here's what I I feel. So one of, one of my gifts is I, like, I take responsibility for things, even stuff that's not mine, like the way people drive. <clears throat> or how, how quickly they move through the self-checkout line. I'm just... <laughs> just type in the number. You got 17 of them? Then type 17 and hit the... Come on. Anyway, don't do each one at a time as we're standing here waiting. All right, so I feel responsible for stuff. And whenever God blesses us, sometimes it feels like a new thing we're responsible for. And you're almost like, oh, man, I was okay with before. This is a little too much for me. And the Lord wants us to not think like that anymore. It is his good pleasure to give us his kingdom. And he wants to put people he trusts in places of leadership. Hmm. He does. Because he wants us to facilitate the kingdom, the presence everywhere that we go. And that means that favor brings responsibility. So, Father, we just declare over this house now a new season of favor. (laughs) Even Jesus grew in wisdom and in his stature, and he grew in his favor with both God and man. And Father, I declare that over this house, that, that we will grow in wisdom. Come on, pray that. God, let me grow in wisdom and maturity and with favor with you and man. I want to pray one more thing, but I'd like for you to stand before we pray into that, and then we're going to hand it off to Hank and Ashley. This is true, what I'm about to tell you. It's scientific fact, all right? Especially when you say it like 
That's right. If I say it's a fact. No. Scientifically, we create neuropathways by the way we think. So when we think about something, we create basically grooves. You can see it. It's not literally like that. But we, and Chris Valentin preached a sermon on this recently. Um, when my kids begin to get into technology and all this stuff, I begin to study some of this myself because I, I didn't want their minds to be shaped a certain way. And I feel like I've failed somewhat in that. God, make me adequate in, in breaking through this. But when we think a certain way over and over and over again, it creates a groove, a path. Uh, Chris Valentin said it like this when we, uh, they created sidewalks somewhere. Actually, this was someone else. And before they, before they poured the concrete for the sidewalks, they just told the people, it was at a school campus, they just let them walk wherever they wanted to walk, right? There was no path. There was no sidewalk telling them this is how you cross the campus. And they just watched over time how people cro- crossed the campus. And in the grass, it wore down a path. And they're like, well, that's probably where we should put the sidewalk because that's where people want to walk. So our mind is the same way. When we think a certain way, we create pathways of least resistance. And we're made to make things very easy for ourselves. Our brain tries to think of the fastest route home. Fastest route through the grocery store, especially men, all right? I know the way the grocery store is set up. My mind knows, okay, I got my list and I'm working left to right or right to left and I'm out. There's just a, but as we think a certain way over time, we create grooves so it's easier to think that way the next time. And the times in the past where we have felt inadequate and we felt in, insufficient to meet the needs or we felt like we didn't have enough has created a way of thinking and it's poverty. And it says, I don't have, I'm not enough, I don't have that gift, I don't have that talent. And it's a pathway that has to be shifted today. And we have to have a new way of thinking. We have to have a new mindset. We have to have the mind of Christ today. And so the, the, I, I've, I've even said this, well, man, I don't think I can do that. There's a project I'm working on now. I'm like, I don't think I can do that. The Lord's like, why do you say you can't? Come on. Just do it. Yeah. Just shut up and do it. Well, I've never done it before. You're right. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to create a new pathway to it. And so I want to pray over our minds, all right? I want you to pray over your mind that God will give you the mind of Christ that will create new pathways, a new ways of thinking that won't lead to the inadequacies, but will lead to a new, a new ah, your kings and queens. So, Father, we come to you now, and I just ask for you to, to forgive me for not thinking right or forgive me for taking the path of least resistance or for being lazy or doing what I've always done or thinking about things the way I've always thought them or even thinking about things the way someone else tells me to think about it. I want to think about things the way you do. Like you said to your disciples, why do you reason you have no bread? Why is your pathway to what you don't have? God, make our pathway to what we do have. Shift our thinking, our process to what you have laid aside for us and set aside for us. That we are adequate and equipped for every good work that you've called us to. So God, change our minds. Change the way we think. Change the way that we think today. So, 
What's the best way to change a thought about a thing? To get a better thought. And I get that better thought, and so when the old thought comes in and it feels alien, it feels old, it feels like the old way, then I have to do something to stop that and do the better thought. You can't think two things at once. Yeah.